This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. There is a podcast no one asked for. A podcast you never knew you didn't want. Three beers in. This is the podcast. I anticipate a deeply religious experience. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Up Too Early with Ross and Chance. Hey, Chance here. And this is Ross. We got up way too early today. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing up so early? Um, I thought we were waking up early to drink. Yeah, that's the re- we woke <laughs> up early to drink. That's the real reason. And uh, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Wise Monkeys, a Belgian Golden Strong from Manhattan Project Beer Company out of Dallas, Texas. Nice. Actually, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not like a Fort Worth beer that Clint would say, is you mean Dallas? Dallas? Yeah. yeah. No. So today we're going to be drinking a selection from Manhattan Project Brewing. We're starting with a 10% ABV here. That's a very full can. Good smell already. It smells Belgian. So we're kicking it off hard with the 10 percenter. First taste, very Belgian. Spiciness from the yeast and get a bit of fruitiness. Maybe, well, I think it Ooh, said... spicy. Pe- yeah, I think it said peaches. So from the can, since Cutter's not here. It's a Belgian golden strong that packs a punch in a devilish drinkable package. When you raise the glass to your nose, you will detect a bit of fermented stone fruit, specifically peach and pear. Mm-hmm. It also has a slightly perceptible sweetness with a semi-dry finish. I can see that. And then on the bottom of the can, it's got a sweetness scale. Which is odd because the other cans have a scale at the bottom, but it's not a sweetness scale. So Maybe it's, you know, what they want to point out in the beer. What is that, about 71% there? I'd say that, yeah. So this... The can says that it pairs well with a peach pie. Yeah. I don't know who eats peach pie. (laughs) Gross. It's a southern thing. Uh, I'm from the south. I know. Sea bass. Kick his ass, sea bass. Yeah. And gouda, which I do love me some gouda. Oh, yeah. Strong cheese. Mm. Mm. Way better than Swiss. Fuck Swiss. (laughs) I know I'll make some enemies saying that. No. I don't know if you'll make enemies. No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe Switzerland. Nah. What are they going to do? Be neutral. Just, yeah. They'll be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. If I don't survive, tell my wife hello. That's <laughs> neutral. Yeah, I get you. So Manhattan Project Brewing, they have a bunch of... For I don't understand the name, why they have the name, because they're from Dallas. Right. So if they were from Manhattan and, and, it was a, and they were making beer, I could see that mm-hmm. as like a pun. But they're from Dallas. Or if they were ex... Uh, radiation nuclear people in the yeah. military yeah something like that 
But no. But I do like the the nuclear references and everything on their can. So yeah. And Wise Monkeys is a reference to a billboard they had outside of I think it was Los Alamos. Okay. Uh, where it said, I got a picture of it. Where it had the the three, you know, the wise monkeys that see no evil, hear no evil, and speak, speak no, no evil. evil. Yeah. But what the billboard said, I have an extra picture. Uh, what you see here, what you do here, what you hear here, mm. when you leave here, let it stay here. That's so. That's, in the, that's kind of threatening. There's a picture of it. Oh, and it is threatening because on the top it has Uncle Sam rolling yeah. up his sleeves like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna punch you. He's gonna take care of business. Yeah. So those those are the wise monkeys. Okay, that makes sense. So, but what do what do you think? So first, far, first impressions. Yeah, it's definitely very spicy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna um, say. That's the first thing that hits me. Um, it really goes up in the nose, mm. but it does smooth out really, really clean, really, really nice yeah, finish. Pretty dry. Um, not super dry, but I guess that's the the peach. That's kind of finishing. I think so. Right, kind of like laying on your tongue. Yeah. It's good. I find myself lately looking for different types of strong ales or, yeah, yeah. or strong, you know, something with a higher alcohol content because I guess I can appreciate when someone can put a nice beer together that oh, has yeah. a high alcohol content, but then it's still, it's not like punching you in the face with yeah, no, alcohol I understand taste. It. Unlike a uh, beer that we had last night yes. from Hop Fusion, which they do that with a lot of their beers. They push really the high ABV. They do. Um, sometimes the flavors but, work. Sometimes yeah. they don't. Yeah. But the one that we tried was barrel aged, and that might have been why, because yeah. it had a really strong like bourbon whiskey flavor. Yeah. Right. I'm okay with whiskey, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's it's a little much for me. Yeah. Big, uh, huge alcohol burn. That's that's not really what I'm after. It's not one of my favorite flavors, but no. But this is good. It doesn't have that. It really hides it pretty well. I wouldn't think it's ten percent. It's a one for me right now. It's a one for me. I'm sure I could drink three, but I'm not sure if I would really want to. Right. It would take me a while to drink three, mm-hmm. and at the end of that football game, I would be. <laughs> I would be a little off. You'd be. Let's get some wings. <laughs> Chicken poppers. Call Domino's. Cheesy tots. You can order Domino's online. I don't care. Call them. It works faster. Drive to Domino's and order it there. <laughs> And have them deliver it. And, and negotiate the price. That's <laughs> not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Okay, sir, that'll be $13.99. I'll give you $9.99. <laughs> Never tried that. Yeah. Just just do it just to see yeah. what happens. Mm. Get some kid. They're like, uh, you already made these pizzas, sir. Yeah. Well, you got to do something with them, man. <laughs> Either they're just going to sit there yeah. or you're going to give them to me for $9.99. And there you go. Look, we don't even have to open the register. I just give you this $10 bill. You don't have to give me a penny back. That'll be your tip, sir. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> anyway, so Manhattan Project Beer Company. Mm-hmm. From their website, it says, uh, We make what we love. As with most craft beer businesses, Manhattan Project Beer Company began as a passionate hobby, although they're... Love for craft beer precedes the formation of Manhattan Project. The group first came together in 2010 with a goal to design a ground-up beer to meet, not ground up, but from the ground from up. The, yeah, okay. Not just I, ground up. I, I did like consider what that meant in my head <laughs> when I realized what they were really saying. 
So a ground up beer to meet certain specifications for a very important event. Carl and Misty Stanford's wedding, who I guess they, I don't know if they're some of the people involved. Mm. Um, it was to ce- celebrate their union and love for craft beer. The beer was a collaboration of the pair's favorite homebrew styles at the time, American Brown Ale and Belgian, which they're talking about. Um, it, oh, uh, they'll, they'll talk about it later in this paragraph, mm. but I didn't know if they were going to mention it. So during the eight-month design period, the eight-month design period, the group realized wow. the unique synergy achieved by the combination of each person's particular skill. Their common goal was to create a beer that would be appreciated by the designers, other craft beer drinkers, and those not yet exposed to beers beyond the traditional American lagers. Project was a success. So, spoiler alert. Not really spoiler. I don't know. All those dead people. (laughs) I've never seen so many dead prostitutes. Lord knows I have. Uh, so the beer started as an American brown ale and evolved into a Belgian dark. Inception, as it was called, has a well-balanced old-world flavor that has gone on to win multiple awards. Oh. But you can't get it in cans or anything. Is it just on tap or... See, uh, the thing is, they don't have a tap room yet. Actually, they do now have a tap room and Inception is well worth the trip. So they've been around since 2010 and have never well, done a tap Well, home brewers and stuff. But yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. And they do brew and they sell kegs around the city and they def- obviously can. Because yeah, they can. yeah. they've had cans for, I've seen them in stores for a while, months now. I don't know, maybe a year. Maybe more than a year. I can't remember. But yeah. So, but yeah, 20, ooh, 2010, that is uh, it's almost 10 years. It's kind of like RAR though. Their whole purpose is to can their beers mm-hmm. and get them out into stores and stuff because i mean they, they're they only open for like three hours a week it seems like well no they're they're open more that's just when they do tours like three hours a week because i was confused about that as, as well or unless they change they recently changed it because now they're open most weekdays after a certain time but they only do the tours oh. for like a couple hours on wednesdays mm. and then saturdays i thought they were just open like twice or yeah something like that. yeah so did i mm. i don't know but so I think this is a good idea because they get out there in the market and people like their beers. And then when they open a place, then people will come down and have their beers. That's true. They'll probably be busy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Unlike if you open a tap room and then you get your beers out there, then it's like it takes a while for, you know, people to start drinking your beers and know you're there. And by the time it's like, well, we're closed. We didn't get enough business. I don't know. Right. And I guess the investment to... In case your beers are not well received, yeah, I guess when you don't yeah. have to pay for a tap room and constantly having mm-hmm. you know pay, or pay for servers, right. all you're doing is paying for canning, yeah, really, and yeah. also and the brewing, brewing, obviously, yeah, yeah contract but, brewing somewhere, yeah, yeah, around yeah. town. Which I wonder. Where and they even if brew, you did buy yeah. your own facility, and if it's just for brewing, but you don't have to like have like a place, yeah, like a bar and a tap room, tap or room, like yeah, that. yeah. Anyway, I'm sure yeah, you'd have you to just, have some type of setup for sales purposes. Well, you'd just be a production brewery, and you could you sell it to right. the wholesaler, and then they'd sell yeah. it yeah. around. Or you distribute yourself. I don't know if you can't. I don't know TABC laws. I don't know if you can be. You can distribute yourself if you're just a production brewery. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Oh well. But back to uh, Manhattan Project. Uh, not the movie, but the beer. Ha. 
It, did you ever see the movie? I didn't. Oh, okay. Was it any good? I liked it. Oh, okay. It was uh, like mid to late 80s mm. with John Lithgow in it. Okay. Nobody else famous that I can remember. Yeah. But uh, a kid in high school steals some plutonium from uh, from where he works. Bart? Which is, no, oh. not Bart. Anyway, but uh, uh, where John Lithgow works, which is supposed to be a nuclear medicine facility. Uh-huh. But it turns out it's a nuclear reactor, but nobody knows that. But the kid finds out, I guess, and he mm-hmm. steals some plutonium, and then he builds a bomb to expose them. And, but then it's like, shit, I built this bomb, and then they have to figure out how to... How to un... Uh, disarm it. Disarm it there. Yeah, before you know, right. it blows everybody up. Yeah, because, I mean, like all nuclear stuff it once it starts to decay right that's yeah. when it becomes unstable mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can't the the new nu- yeah, the I, neutrons and i'm i'm pretty sure he stole a uh, plutonium 239 that's also one of manhattan project's beers plutonium 239 oh yeah yeah is that one that we got no no no, uh, no yeah it is actually we will be drinking that that's their Sweet. Mm. their porter coconut porter which chances all kinds of excitement. Yes, about. I love coconut. Oh, I don't. Um, <laughs> I was going to go, mmm, plutonium 239. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. we don't need the last part. That <laughs> well, sounds, I got to finish the Homer. Weird. Yeah, but it sounds weird. Unless, you can just unless insert, you're seeing Homer. It, you can yeah. just insert Homer there. Yeah, I can do that. Insert it wherever you Anyway. Uh, so, but anyway, the group decided to formalize under the name Manhattan Project, given their creative, collaborative, experimental, and scientific approach to beer making. Oh, I guess it sort of makes sense. Uh, not to mention the plethora of cool beer names like Half Life and Super Fortress. Yeah. What's a Super Fortress? The uh, B29, right? Super Fortress that dropped. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that's what that was uh, called. Fat okay. Man and Little Boy on yeah. Nagasaki and Hiroshima, which are untold horrors of war yes uh but so when they began branding and their and marketing their group manhattan project entered the first competitive festival in may of 2013 taking first place in an american ipa with a light crisp ipa called hoppenheimer which is a play on oppenheimer who right. built the uh, well i don't know if he built it but he you know planned out the first uh correct atomic bomb and then once they actually made it, he said, I am death destroyer of worlds. Wow. Because he saw that it was, you know, bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. Wise monkeys. Wise monkeys. You know, remember back in high school when it was cool to say, oh, that's the bomb. Yeah. I tried to like, <laughs> I tried to make atomic bomb, like something that was like oh, even yeah? cooler than yeah. that. It didn't really go over well. That's the it wasn't that it was bomb. bad, but you know, it was just... So I think I remember I said it, and people thought it was funny at first, but then it didn't like, yeah. become a thing. Like fetch. <laughs> it's Mean Girls. Anyway, so so Wise Monkeys, a little bit more about it. Belgian Golden Strong Ale, as we've said, 10% ABV, 30 IBUs, which quite a few IBUs there, but, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't really get a lot of hot bitterness from it. I guess that's because there's just so much yeast character. It over, over, yeah. Maybe it's everything. the yeast, or maybe the, the alcohol content is just kind of covering that up. I don't the know. The thing is, I don't get any alcohol. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, maybe they're all just kind of, yeah, maybe, Balanced maybe out. just, yeah, maybe there's definitely like a just like a generic strongness to the drink. Yeah, no, so, I, I get that. It's probably a mixture of, yeah, that 
type it's of. It's really well balanced. Right. What makes it golden other than the color? It's the color. Oh, okay. That's that pretty good. Yeah. I could probably do Siri. Yeah. yeah. It's not heavy. No, that's not heavy. It's yeah. not like filling my stomach up. So does it have in there when they became like a official brewery? Yeah, September 2017 is when they started canning. Oh, wow. So not very long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which, yeah, I don't think I, I don't know when I saw them. Sometime, maybe early this year is when I first saw them on the market. I think and I've I didn't seen them in actually, the last year. And I didn't even, well, I didn't see them because they weren't distributed in Austin. Now they do. Just a couple of them, though. I don't see too many. I definitely see their Hoppenheimer and their 10 nanoseconds, which is funny. The, uh, ten, the 10 nanoseconds is a uh, milkshake IPA. And it's called that because when they were designing the atomic bomb, they needed a name for 10 nanoseconds for some reason. I don't know why, but that was the time it took for the uranium to decay. Uh, Wait, maybe. I think I have it. That's here. a quick decaying. Yeah. And that's why that's why it releases so much energy because right, it it's decays yeah. so quickly. I first saw these guys at Taps and Caps. Yeah, yeah. They have them there. Um, and I was drawn to the can. Yeah, the, I like the... Uh, I they have like, a nice... It's pretty simple, and then it's got, you know... It's got a the, matte finish. The atom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the Especially the the plutonium-239 that we're going to drink later, the mm. coconut. Oh, yeah, because it's a black. It's a black, yeah. and yeah. it's got that matte finish. It's mm-hmm. just... It's a really... They all go really Striking. well. Striking. Yeah. And I, I think my favorite part about this can, it's, I mean, it's got a gray, and it's got this, like, goldish green. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's just gold. Well, yeah, gold. Uh, goldish... Yeah. Yeah, gold. But then it's got the white rim at the top. The white just looks really good on the can oh, yeah. everywhere. It's just, it's really nice. Nice green. It, it's wrapped too. Yeah. And then at yeah. the bottom, it's got what it is in gold. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. That is well designed, I think. And and again, it's it's a really good marketing ploy where like you see that can, you're like, oh. Yeah. You know what it is. Project. Yeah. 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 Really cool. So, but 10 nanoseconds decay of, we'll say it's uranium. But they had to come up with a name for that because they couldn't just keep saying 10 nanoseconds for some reason. I guess they needed shorthand. Mm-hmm. So they came up with 20 nanoseconds is two shakes of a lamb's tail and... 10 nanoseconds is is a shake. So, like, so the 10 nanoseconds, they named a milkshake IPA ten, because oh, it's, they call it's a, a shake. shake. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's clever. Three shakes, you're playing I, yourself again. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what were we talking Oh, I was going to talk about Golden Strong Ales. Okay. So so there, there's there's a bit of a backstory before we get to the Golden Strong Ales. Okay. I got it from, I think it's Kegerator. Which, uh, they have a lot of information on their site. It's mm-hmm. about styles and whatnot and hops. I go there when I when I have questions about hops mainly. So the Belgian Strong Ale is a trickster, a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing. It looks unassuming, even innocent, dressed in the pale colors of a fine, easy-drinking pilsner. It draws the unsuspecting even closer with enticing aroma and playful, spritzy columns of carbonation until tentatively the thirsty traveler takes a leisurely sip and the trap spring of drinkability trips shut. It's a, it's a lot of... Yeah, that's a, a description there. That's a yeah. It's very descriptive. Very. Uh, I a lot felt of like I was on a journey. Yeah. There. 
Not Journey the Band. So, uh, it wasn't on. Sherry. No, I don't know. Yeah. That that's my best Steve Perry. That's. I well, was... actually, no. That's the impression of the guy who replaced Steve Perry. That sounds exactly like Steve Perry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fake Steve Perry. Yeah. Okay. But the the Golden Strong Ale may share many similarities with other Belgian styles, but when compared to other Belgians, it's a pretty young style. It's not even 100 years old. Oh, wow. Where other Belgian styles are hundreds and hundreds of right, years. Right, right, right. There's an interesting and maybe implausible story about its invention. Mortgat Brewery in Breendonk, I think, yeah, we'll say Breendonk, was founded in 1871 by Jean-Lenard Mortgat. You might know Mortgat now as Duvel. Okay, seen. yeah. They, they make some uh, Belgians. Right. At first, the brewery did little to stand out among the 4,000 other breweries in business at the time. It was like any other farmhouse brewery, leaning towards dark farm ales. Over time, though, Jean Lenard gained a following. In 1900, his sons Albert and Victor took over. During the First World War, English beer styles were gaining popularity in Belgium. Albert decided to take advantage of this and began to concoct a plan to create his own beer based on English ales. In 1918, the brewery released a dark beer influenced by English brewing. They named it Victory Ale to commemorate the end of the war. That same year, Albert traveled extensively in the UK searching for a yeast source that would allow him to make something much more like an English ale than what they were making in Belgium. Because I'm sure anything that they made in Belgium was... uh, Spicy and fruity, banana-y, sort right. of like that, yeah. But not like the dark fruits of like an English stout or something like that. Mm. So, yeah, he was he was traveling extensively, but no one really liked that, that he was searching for yeast. The other brewers in Belgium didn't like the idea, and UK brewers were suspicious of him snooping around. Finally got a break in Scotland where he was able to buy a bottle of McElwin's Scottish Ale. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where things get muddy. It's possible and hinted at in some cases that he took the bottle without the brewery's knowledge which wouldn't be the first time that something like that's happened in order for a brewery to learn another brewery's secrets well-known writer historian moonwalker michael jackson said not the same michael jackson okay but he also he did moonwalk oh yeah he loved yeah he he loved moonwalk he invented moonwalk cool him and, yeah. Anyway, so he said that McEwen's was simply being imported to Belgium at that time, so Albert could have just bought a bottle. Uh. So, but that's not a very exciting story, and it it contradicts the statement from the Duvel website, which says, "At first, he encountered a lot of resistance from local brewers. It was only after a real odyssey among local breweries." that he eventually got his hands on the coveted sample. Mm. So either way, he got a G sample, though. So Albert enlisted Jean de Klerk, who wrote Textbook of Brewing in 1947. Jean was there to help analyze the yeast. The sample turned out to contain somewhere between 10 and 20 different yeast strains. Through painstaking process of isolation and testing, a single strain was finally chosen as having the most potential. This strain is still used in brewing of Duvel today. They began brewing Victory Ale with the new strain. It was still strong and dark, but now carried with it a noticeable and unique fruitiness. But you can't change a beer and keep the same name. So the story the story from the Duvel website goes that in 1923, during a tasting session, a local shoemaker called Van der Wooer, or Wooer, 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 How many were there? Two. Okay. Wooer, Wooer. He shouted, Dit is 
en ect divul, which is this is a real devil. Nice. Probably referring to the eight and a half percent ABV uh, of yeah. the beer. That's what uh, but, I say. <laughs> but the name stuck and the beer gained so much popularity over the years that in 1960, a brewery even invented a new beer glass, the Tulip, specifically for drinking Duvel. Oh. Yeah. Which in Belgium, I've read that a lot of bars and cafes and just breweries have their own special glassware to drink their beer mm. and stuff like that. That's smart because, I mean, I didn't realize this till recently, mm-hmm. but my aunt and uncle-in-law mm-hmm. they're big wine drinkers yeah and they shout out to aunt kathy oh that's my actual aunt oh um, my aunt and uncle-in-law uh-huh. um steve oh, okay. and charlotte oh steve yeah they love their wine and they were telling us about how they've done tastings where they try like wine in different types of glasses yeah and that it'll make it taste different oh. just in being a different glass that's weird yeah. and um and it's and they had us do that and it yeah. was like just like i think we did like one example yeah and it was like a, just like a red wine like mm-hmm. a um like a, a really dry red wine mm-hmm. and we had it in kind of like a smaller glass that we had it in one of those big deep round yeah. glasses completely different taste hmm. it's weird i mean that i mean obviously it was the same wine but you got different attributes of the wine yeah. more emphasized based on the glass you were drinking out of, which was really... And so specific wines are better, taste better in specific glasses. Mm. And I'm sure that's the same way with beer. Yeah. I don't think that in America we do it right. I think that if we have a strong, stronger beer mm-hmm. um, or like a, a brewery sells like a stronger beer, if you yeah. notice that they'll put it in like a tulip glass. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because they, they... It's just to because they don't want to... limit the amount yeah, of beer exactly. that they're selling. Um, and still have it at a good price. Yeah. But I don't think that it's necessarily... Which is why this spe- is, in a, is in a four-pack. Right. Think. Exactly. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know that that small glass is doing anything different or emphasizing the best part of the taste. That might be Sometimes, the next... for some beers, right. yeah. Yeah. That might be, like, the next, the next like, generation of, mm-hmm. like, the craft, this craft beer movement yeah. would be, like, being able to, like, drink the right beer out of the right glass maybe i don't know i've i've seen a lot of glasses where it looks more like a wine glass where Uh and it's nucleated at the bottom they say so it's like cut in a weird way i don't know i see what you're saying release and it like helps it release the carbonation more evenly and then it funnels the aroma to a smaller opening in the top Mm. so it, it like a tulip but a bit flatter Right. But it's supposed to help make the beer taste better. So it's kind of like when Bud Light had those um, riflings in the glass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Was that Bud Light like that, that did that? Or was it Miller Light? Yeah. Because it has the rifling grooves, which causes yeah, the. Yeah, the, the vortex bottle. Yeah. That yeah. was Miller Light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So it shoots some beer in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. it, it was so you could drink it faster. I and guess. Not, I and know. taste less of it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what their. I don't really understand what their idea was there, but it was just a ploy, just, diff- just a marketing yeah. ploy to get yeah. people to buy it. Like the do the cores turning the label blue or whatever. Yeah, well, it's a nice coldness. Yeah, cold kills flavor. So, yeah, the colder it is, the less you taste it. Exactly. So. That's what. Well, that's what you want from a course. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So they. Yeah. They invented the tulip, but the and they had their strong ale. But it was still dark. Mm. It wasn't golden yet. So, but tastes in Europe had been slowly shifting for some time towards the new pale lagers. 
Uh, more and more of these clean, crisp brews were being served at local cafes and bars. Sales were dwindling for Morgat and other such breweries, still brewing dark-colored rustic ales. Mm. So dark farmhouse, barney right. mm. stuff. Uh, so to cater to the changing market, Morgat decided to turn the Duvel gold. Once again, they went to Jeanne de Clark to figure out how best to make the change. The goal is to make a light-colored beer, but keep the same flavor and strength of the Duvel. They did it by experimenting with the malting process until they were able to make a Pilsner malt light enough because they were using darker malts before that. Right. Along with the malt, they added dextrose or corn sugar to help strengthen the beer without adding unwanted color, just like just like Miller Lite does. That's the corn that isn't. Ah, uh, yeah. It's not corn syrup. It's corn, corn sugar. Ah. Uh. It's just a simple sugar that the yeast eats and produces no flavor, just alcohol. So it, it, it strengthened the beer without adding unwanted color or flavor. But yeah. uh, The brewing and maturation process was also adjusted, becoming longer and quite elaborate. These changes took time, but finally culminated in the style defining what we know today as a Belgian Golden Strong Ale. The whole brewing and maturation process takes 90 days start to release. Wow. From beginning to bottling. Though actually after bottling because it has to sit to carbonate. Mm. Duvel made the first and over the years they have had many people making their own Golden Strong Ales because of this. So Duvel's been around technically, well, like 150 years. They've been around a long time, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, 1871. Is that what you said? I said about 150 years, so I guess that's 19 plus 19, so 138 years. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, that's 29 plus 19, so 48. So So yeah, almost 150 years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Ah. there we go. So yeah, and then we got some, uh, I've got some basic definitions of the Golden Strong Ale, but eh. it's usually, you know, Elevated ABV, fruity esters, fruity aroma, taste, spritzy. So a lot of carbonation there, which I'm seeing. Mine has still got carbonation coming out of it, which yeah. is pretty nice. It definitely makes you wanting more when you're done. Like, I, I'm thirsty. Yeah. Because of the dryness. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that, and I think that's a good idea in, like, most beers to have it at dry, really dry finish. Because right. then you'll want you you'll want, want more. more. Yeah. yeah. So I finished mine. Yeah. Still one. Go. Yeah. Still one. Um, I finished mine while you were reading your stuff, so yeah. I cheated. Yeah. Well, but, no, it's uh, not cheating. <laughs> no, but like, it's good. I remember the first sip, I, I liked it, but I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, it's going to be difficult to finish yeah. this one beer. No, I, I had the, I had the same, uh, same idea. Yeah. But, you know, once I've had a couple drinks, and I think a lot of times with stronger beers, and the reason people won't give them a shot is that first drink mm-hmm. is shocking to your mouth and to your taste buds. I can see that. Maybe even to like your, your nasal cavity, like just the whole tasting experience. Yeah. But I've what I've learned is that once you've given it a little bit, or give it a couple of shots, you're, you kind of like get used to it. Yeah, you, you um, acclimate your like taste buds and right. whatnot. Yeah. That's kind of like whiskey. I, uh, yeah, I I'm not a big that. whiskey drinker, and so usually the reason I stay away is because I hate that first glass. Yeah. That first glass is just, it's just so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm enjoying anything. 
But if I push through, it burns. That second glass is pretty good. Yeah. And that third glass is pretty good. <laughs> and then I wake up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. 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 When it comes to whiskey, I am a lightweight. Yeah. I get, well, I yeah. guess that's to, I, I don't know. I think anybody who has three nice glasses of whiskey mm. is going to be feeling pretty good. Yeah. I don't think it, it'd probably not be a good thing if you were not feeling good or, yeah. or still not feeling good after three glasses. That means and that you're you like probably drink way too, too much, much whiskey yeah. Yeah, on a regular basis. But yeah. Not to, you know, no, actually, yeah. If If you're doing that, maybe you should not do that. There was one time I was hanging out with my wife's friend and her friend's husband, Jay. Yeah. And we were hanging out at their farm. And oh, Jay, yeah. Yeah, and we started just like throwing back whiskey. And I was like, man, look, I'm keeping up with this dude. No, you, like, you, there's no keeping up with Jay, man. But that one yeah, night, um, I held up, I, I, stayed, I stayed up with Jay. Think of the typical like country boy, uh-huh. big old dude, big beard. He's a hoss. Yeah, he's a hoss. Um, and he likes whiskey. and i was keeping up with him but um i'm sure most days i would not be able to but i remember him being like he goes yeah you're you're holding your whiskey pretty well he's a man's man yeah yeah if that was you know what i wanted to be he would be teach me jay teach me your ways take me under your wing (laughs) take me under your beard (laughs) that sounds weird that's what what i should have said He's got a good beard, unlike Cutter, which is yeah, not it's, good. It, it, it's clear that he washes it yeah. and probably combs it. Uh-huh. The thing about a thick beard is you have to work on maintaining your skin below that beard. That's true, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's what shampoo does, is it not only does it mm-hmm. um wash your hair, but it you know washes your scalp. I wouldn't know anything about shampoo. For I haven't used shampoo and probably oh. like 10 years. Well, you but, still got to clean the scalp, right? Like, so I just use body wash. Ah, it's, yeah. you know, it's there. It's it's just body now. Yeah. Just pour it on the top of my head. Yeah. Like honey. Yeah. It's like dribbling down. Yeah. Just like. And I, I don't even scrub myself. I just let it drip, <laughs> dribble down and then it cleans as it Sits. flows down. Just let it sit there. I just soak myself. Yeah. Just like my dishes. <laughs> they need to soak. <laughs> you said that four days ago. Look, they're rusted through. All right. Uh, I think we're... Uh, we're getting good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a good. That so was a good uh, what do you what do you want to go to next? We're going to do the Gosa, and then we'll finish with the Stout. Yeah. Or Porter. Porter. Yeah, Porter. Porter. Which Porter and Stout is basically the same. I thing. love tools from Porter Cable. Yeah. <laughs> They're not too expensive, uh-huh. but they have good quality and good warranty. But they only have Cobalt at Lowe's. Well, actually Lowe's has whatever the Sears brand used to be. Craftsman. Yeah, they have Craftsman now. Yeah. Or is that Home Depot that got Craftsman? No, it was Lowe's. Home Depot has something. Yeah. I can't remember. It's been a long Did time I since stutter? I go to Apartment Depot. And shove it up your f- butt. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get our second beer. Boom. All right. So I finished my Wise Monkeys while you were getting the new beer. And I don't know what else I could add to what you said. I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah. It's pretty good. Spicy. I do get a hint of alcohol. Okay. If I really search for it, but if I'm just drinking it, it's like, no, not really. Yeah. I just taste the spicy and a little bit of fruitiness there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you could probably once that once you got on your third one. Oh yeah. It's just like, easy. Like if you're watching football or hanging out with friends and you're not really paying attention, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, 
Okay. I'm this probably... is this is something that I'd really want to drink really cold. Well, not really cold, but colder on the colder side. Once it warms up, it might be more difficult. You might get more of that alcohol. Well, I, I think I think we both kind of noticed that as we were drinking mm-hmm. this glass. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this has a different scale on it. Good call. Yeah, yeah I know. It's got a... Uh, so this is their Gosa. This is the Bikini Atoll Key Lime Pie Gosa. It's a lot going on And there. it has a salt scale on it. Yeah. Let's crack this open. Mm. I, w- I wish I could mow with this. Well, we got some... Got some mo. What? <laughs> oh, look at that. I love when the head just like barely creeps over Oh, the wow. That is nice. Salty on the nose. Maybe a bit limey. Oh, man. Oh, that smells That good. is good. That is really good. I don't even like key lime pie. Wow. This is really good. This is like. Just like take a bite of the foam. Oh man, that foam is good. Is yeah. it good? That's crazy. That I never is. like foam. No, like there's not really any flavor in the foam usually, but this one has. Oh my god! I think it's the salt. It's got that saltiness to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Which really adds a bit. I don't know. Is key lime pie salty? Key lime pie isn't salty, right? Or, I don't think so. It's got a. It's got a sour kind tart, of like, like tart. A yeah, zing, yeah, like a lime. Which the thing is. I taste graham cracker in this too. It's like not like one of the first flavors, but maybe like a like a crackery, yeah. crumbly, yeah, finish. like yeah. like a like the crust of a key lime pie. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, like a cookie crust. Yeah, yeah, crusty the clown. Amazing. This is uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This is an amazing beer. This is a. Uh, yeah, this is. I was. One. I thought that this was just going to be like a pass by. I had a, yeah, I was like. I mean, I like Gosas. This is officially this, my favorite Gosa. This, yeah, this oh is amazing. Oh my god, this is good. I know. I have to. I got to get more of this. I got to. Mm, I'm glad this came in a six pack. Mm-hmm. Like it's all over my mouth. Like I'm kind of like. This is so good. Licking my gums. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't care about the atrocities anymore that I was going to. Now. So are you going to talk about so, the atrocities? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, okay. uh, not not too much. Uh, but most people probably know Manhattan Project beer because of the Bikini Atoll, which got some press a couple months ago because it's named Bikini Atoll, which is where the U.S. conducted a lot of atomic bomb testing. Right. Which actually they they did two atomic bombs, and the rest I think were thermonuclear bombs, which H bombs. Wow. Yeah. So this is I, where Gorgira comes from. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's Japan. Uh, they were just bombing the ocean. I see. Which you don't want to do because yeah, then you'll get a Godzilla. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, don't want that. We were lucky that that we only got a radioactive fallout. But only. it wasn't Americans. It was just Pacific Islanders. So you know it doesn't it doesn't cares? count, right? <laughs> uh, which is yeah, that was part of the problem because the Marshall Islands, which is where the Bikini Atoll is, they found out. And they were like, this is disrespectful to the survivors, to the people that died because of testing at Bikini Atoll. Right. Which, it's pretty horrible that they were they were doing that. And on the map, even, they changed the geography of the island when they did the first H-bomb that they made there, which uh, it was supposed to be, they made it with lithium-6 and mostly lithium-7. And the lithium-7 was supposed to be inert. But when it heated up, it reacted with uh, mm. like the deuterium that was produced by the lithium six, and it's it's a fusion bomb, uh, right. the the H bomb because you have an atomic bomb and and then you have this other tank full of 
isotopes and everything. It's a good baseball team. Yeah. Yeah, the isotopes. Yeah. Go Topes. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so so you have the bomb, the, the atomic bomb, and then you have this other tank, which, which is fuel. Okay. So it creates a fusion uh, reaction instead of fission, where the atomic bomb cuts Being an split, atom right. yeah, in half, and the fusion is... The energy combining. of everything combining and right. reacting. And then the half-life degrading and then expelling all this energy, which is the second tank is fuel for, for the explosion. And the more fuel you have, the hotter it burns, the more it burns and everything like that. Right. And so this one, which was Castle Bravo, which was the second round of testing, which I think this was 1954. And it was supposed to be six megatons, turned out to be 15 megatons. So, which was uh, a lot more than they thought, and then it created a, a huge cloud of fallout from all this, like, uh, I, th- I think it was mostly coral, coral. That, uh, that it threw up into the air, and then you have this cloud of radioactive coral, and then the wind is blowing it over to these islands, like oh, 20 dang. miles away. It actually reached, I, th- I think it reached America, Japan, all over the world, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, which is really bad. And oh, it's yeah. still bad. Yeah. And the thing, this was a huge accident that they didn't plan for. And it even changed the geography of the atoll there, which if you look on your can there, and mm-hmm. in, in like the top left corner, there's a little circle there. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't a circle before. Oh. That was, there was, there was some land there. It was actually in the water, a little bit off the shore on a spud barge, I, I think it was, which if if you know... With a sponge barge is it's just a barge and it's got these uh, big pylons that it drops that stick into the uh, the ground. Okay. They keep it stationary. Oh right. So right. they call it an artificial island, but it's just a barge and right. it's just anchored, it's anchored there. Anchored down. Yeah. Yeah. It's now like two hundred feet deep right there. Wow. Yeah. That's so there's pretty, a big hole. That's a big hole. Yeah. That's what. Uh, yeah, it's just like Cutter's mouth. Oh. Anyway. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not as much fun as Cutter doesn't. Anyway. Right. And, th- and that was a huge accident. And what I got like, oh, this is a huge accident. Oh, so they stopped. No, they kept doing it <laughs> until like, I think 1960. And then a couple years after that, they said, oh, you can go back. It's it's not radioactive anymore. But then a couple years after that, they said, oh, no, it's super radioactive yeah. still because it's radiation. Right. It lasts for a long time. Yeah. And it. so it's still... Parts of it, most of the atoll is still radioactive. I think people were living over here on the right side, and they had yeah. to be evacuated. Wow. Yeah, and so, and then, unluckily, there was a Japanese fishing boat. See, there there was a U.S. boat to watch it full of uh, dignitaries and Marines and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Marines were, because they were guarding the bomb before, right. and so they just moved them over here to the boat that was off to the, the east side. And then it was a huge explosion, with, which apparently bystanders said it felt like it was right on top of them, which it was over 20 miles away. Right. Which over twice as far away, there was a Japanese fishing boat, which one of the guys, he said, it was like snow falling. And I, I tasted it, but it didn't taste, it didn't melt like snow. It was like dust and because it was dust. It was all the coral and everything that was blown up and wow. vaporized and you then was raining down. Yes. And so they, yeah. They, uh, and the ship, I think, is in a museum in Japan, 
although I I would think that ship was still pretty radioactive. It's yeah. not not even a ship really. It's a fishing boat. Yeah. But and Lucky so, Dragon number five is what it was. So yeah. so this testing was happening before World War Two. No, this, this is after. after. This is after. Okay. Yeah. After. Oh, because this is the, to refine right. the the atomic bombs to to kill to lots kill of people. people in case the ones before uh, the end of World War II, I think, were in Arizona and Nevada, that area. Mm, mm-hmm. We're at Los Alamos, which if you go there, you find glass in the sand, right? Because the sand got superheated by the explosion and turned to glass. Turned to glass. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Kind of yeah. So, but I've wanted to do. Uh, Manhattan Project Beer Company for a while. I thought it'd be good to have you on because you worked with nuclear weapons, right? I did. I Are worked, you allowed to? Allowed yeah, to say? I worked with the um, T five nuclear missile, which is carried on the yeah the, the Ohio big, class the, on on an Ohio class submarine, or a lot of people call it a uh, Trident submarine. Yeah, it's a Trident missile, Trident two missile, right? Um, or, ballistic missile submarine, or a ballistic submarine, or a boomer. Oh yeah. yeah, okay. If you're not sure what that means, one of those submarines. There's two types of submarines in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, there's the attack type. There's the fast there's... attack, and uh-huh. then you have your ballistic submarine. Your fast attack is the one that's very agile, mm-hmm. secretive, um, can they, sneak up on you. They fight other. Ships, other ships. Yeah. No, they do. They do shoot tomahawks that go from from sea to air. Sea tomahawk to missiles, tomahawk or... missiles. Yeah. Okay. Not and just they, they throw tomahawks. <laughs> I mean, I was... it's a two pronged attack, right? Yeah, you yeah. get the missile under the water, and yeah. then you you've got people you got on, on the top. Throw, yeah. yeah it's... Like, what do you do? Not, what do you yeah, do? Where do you that... go? You're not <laughs> you're not safe in the land or on the there's sea. There's missiles either. coming at you. There's axes. Axes through the air. in the water. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, but those are those are meant to. They can take out. You know, small fleets right. by being agile and, and secretive mm-hmm. and, and you're not knowing that there's a something there. Right. Um, on the boomer submarine, if somebody was coming after us, we're probably not getting away. We have torpedoes and we can shoot, mm-hmm. but we're not very agile because right. they're huge. They're like four stories tall oh. um, in the central compartment, which uh-huh. is the missile compartment. Yeah. Well, um, the, the missiles are pretty tall, right? Right. So they're 74, I think they're 74 feet tall around wow. that area. They're huge. I've never, I mean, I've seen pictures of them launching missiles and everything. Yeah. But I've never really understood the scope of So of it's it. pretty crazy. Like, And yeah. the, the to think about how they're launched is crazy because so, now keep in mind that they're 74-ish feet tall. Yeah. We hold 24 of them. Mm. On one submarine, yeah, which that's all like Googleable, so I'm not saying anything. Um, <laughs> the The majority of the missile is just a, so they're ballistic submarines. So the whole mm-hmm. thing about uh, missiles, so that the whole point of them is they go into the stratosphere, mm-hmm. and then the warhead, which is basically just the tip, tip, yeah, just the tip, yeah, just the tip, that breaks off in the you know upper stratosphere. And then it because, deploys down. Yeah, because that's the part that's uh, yeah. atomic. Or, yeah, you know, it, that's got the warhead, and right. then it's got all the electronics with the targeting yeah, software d- and all that Yeah, guidance system yeah, and all that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, the, the the main body of the missile is just fuel to get it up there. Yeah, right? fuel in the propulsion system, yeah. and there's hydraulics and stuff involved in there mm-hmm. to, like, break the missile right. apart. Yeah. And so, like, I, I got, to, um, if you ever see one get launched... Um, you actually launch those missiles from underneath, Un- under underneath the water. The water. Yeah. They, they come up in basically a bubble that 
contains a 74 foot tall missile <laughs> yeah and then it just kind of shoots up above the water and kind of hangs there well because there's air in the tube right or right, do right. you flood the, the tube before no the air the tube is no, pressurized because yeah because you'd have to ignite the missile, right right, yeah, right. Okay. so the air is pressurized it's not ignited yet Right, no, but you yeah. have to. If there were water, it wouldn't be able. It to. It wouldn't be able to. Yeah. yeah. So it comes up in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Then once it goes above the water, like it gets up there and just kind of hovers there, mm-hmm. and then the propulsion system takes. Yeah, I've seen it because it it looks like it like wobbles a bit. Well, and it then, comes up tilted, so yeah. that way you know it 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 propul the propulsion doesn't just go straight up and mm-hmm. cause it to uh, misalign. I think. Okay. Um, and then it and then it shoots off into okay. outer space. You can look up a pictures or or videos of one going wrong and it just like swirling. Oh uh, yeah. Because pretty crazy but yeah that's i worked with those um mm-hmm. the warhead is really only um like you said at just the the top mm-hmm. pointy tip at the mm-hmm. top of the missile which was contained in the upper um level of the submarine mm-hmm. uh we were told not to stay there mm-hmm. for prolonged periods of time right. but that's where i was able to get away and play guitar so <laughs> no one was ever up there um, you had to, they forced you like yeah they're like if you're gonna play guitar you, get you up gotta, there yeah <laughs> yeah um, it's lead shielded to prevent uh, your guitar from <laughs> leaking into the rest of the ship. Exactly. I actually, um, I didn't want my guitar to get damaged. Yeah. So the entire submarine, um, basically, you have like the outer shell of this mm-hmm. of like the the sub, and then um, all the there's like basically like a, a layer in between all the compartments in right. the outer shell. Yeah. So, so like an inner hole. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And so like it's just open area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, I had it in a gig bag mm-hmm. and I tied it in the upper level, hanging into the, wow. the outer hole and it just hung out there Damn. and you couldn't even see it. Yeah. No one even knew my guitar was there. And so whenever I wanted to grab it, I just went up there and it was untouched no one stepped on it. No one did anything. Yeah. There. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of room there. Yeah. yeah there is not a lot of room. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's kind of crazy to think that it just hung there for three months. Yeah. You know? That is kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what if the line snapped? It'd, it'd be, would it be gone forever or it basically until would, they went in for repairs and had to cut open the hole? Like, so my chief said that it would have been, probably slid all the way to the bottom of yeah, the submarine. Yeah. I would think. And that, then yeah. even though like, you got something clunking around down it's there, it's a tube, you know, yeah. and it's circular. It's so large that the, you know, the, the rate that it's curving is mm-hmm. pretty uh, min- minimal. Minimal, you know? yeah. Right. yeah. So I get it's, it. it's a it's a slow you know curvation. Slow, slow, slow So it would there. basically yeah. it's still basically just a straight drop. It probably would have broken. Yeah. Um, and then ended up at the bottom of the sub, and then <laughs> at like a dry dry dock refit. Yeah. You know, two three years they'd in the future, it. they'd be what like, the, "The hell is a guitar down here?" <laughs> <laughs> still a tune. Do, do, do. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Yeah, now man. play classical gas. <laughs> Start playing Stairway. Oh, look man. at the sign. No Stairway. Denied. <laughs> but yeah, um, we have to wear little uh, dosimeters. Yeah, okay. Um, to make make sure we weren't getting yeah, too much radiation. Yeah, when I worked in the uh, radiology department, we had to we had little yeah. badges with, and they had to send them away every every so often. And right. if if you got a black badge, yeah. Uh, you couldn't ever work there anymore. Yeah. Mm. Well, because that was like your dose forever because the radiation doesn't go away. Right. Like it's always yeah. there. Yeah. Crazy to think. Radiation, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what these, this Manhattan Project Beer Company is playing with, but you got to be careful. How much radiation is in? The, well, there, there probably is a bit of radiation in the beer, but there's radiation and everything because of the testing at Bikini Atoll. Yeah. Actually, no, but yes. 
So do you remember what happened with the, the I guess, did they, people say, how could you put this on your beer? And then they were like, eh, we're just, yeah. it's just a name. Yeah, basically, this is, it's kind of stupid. And I, this is one of the things I don't agree with that I don't understand. And right. I kind of like that they kept the name because it's like, eh, we're not really hurting anybody. Yeah. And, but they also said that it was to promote awareness of the atrocities that happened there they're not that no that never they never did that that never happened they're not promoting or they're not promoting awareness they They were just looking for names that would go with With, the manhattan project and their beer and and i don't understand how the bikini atoll relates to agosa but maybe because it looks like a lime or maybe because it's the regular one isn't lime but yeah oh no because it has this lime-shaped island in the center. Yeah. Oh, it's wait, no. really That's, weird how it's got the veins and it's just green? like it's yeah. green? No. There's a picture Maybe of Maybe because lime. it's out in the ocean and, like, those people, when they would go out on their fishing boats, they, would, they wouldn't take a life preserver. They would take a lime. <laughs> Saved by the buoyancy of citrus. <laughs> Next time I'm drowning, I will reach for a lime. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, that was... I'm behind them for keeping the name, but I disagree with them saying that it's promoting awareness. Right. Because most people aren't involved in nobody's gonna building say, nuclear weapons or nobody's being gonna in a say, position. Hey, what's this? What's, what's this mean? I don't know. I bought this because I'm against nuclear weapons. Yeah, exactly. If they donate, that would be cool, though. If they donate like a portion of every Bikini Atoll sold to the Marshall Islands. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, they don't have, I'm not saying they have to do that or that's like, right, right, right. because it's just a name. If that's the, yeah. I mean, but if, if you're going to say I'm creating awareness. But yeah, exactly. If you're saying that, then you should be doing something or put like the story on the can. Right. For, but what's on the can here is not that. It's for one thing, it pairs well with ceviche. Which, ew, oh, look, what's the second one? Yard work. Booyah. <laughs> and avocado. Which, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, like a, a tasteless avocado and this very tasty beer. Yeah. What are you talking about? Avocado is nah, a lot of taste. It's okay. I, I Maybe like, they should have put guacamole. I like an avocado, but avocado is, is bl- pretty bland on its own. When it's just an avocado. It is, but it's, it tastes good. Yeah, it's still good. Yeah. I'll still eat an avocado. Yeah. But it says, the punchy sweetness of the key lime penetrates Is the it crisp. punchy? There's I, no N in there. Ooh. Yeah. The, the Pucci? Pucci. He was the worst part of Itchy and Scratchy. <laughs> it's good. Pucci. It does say the pudgy sweetness of the key lime penetrates the crisp <laughs> and tart flavor of the gosa. Now add a touch of cinnamon and... Yes, that's what I taste. Cinnamon mm-hmm. and vanilla, vanilla with plenty of lactose. And you might feel like you're sipping a key lime pie. Just like its predecessor, Bikini Atoll... Is light and effervescent in the most refreshing way, and the salt scale doesn't put it at that salt at too salty, yeah. yeah. But it it's there. Yeah, it's it's not. Over I think salty. it's a really good amount. Yeah, because there are some ghosts that I've had that are way too salty. This one is a good amount. Yeah, because the I'm guessing it's the vanilla. Uh huh. Give it that sweetness uh-huh. that matches the the saltiness. Mm-hmm. It kind of creates like this. And I really get Puckery. that cinnamon, like a, like a horchata is what, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Drinking horchata. 
That album, Contra was a good album. That was a good album. Yeah. I don't think I've liked anything after Contra. No. Carol and Scott, my, my sister and brother-in-law, have really tried, but they, I think they do that. Like, it's like, no, we like them, and we'll listen to it. And it's like, this really isn't that good. Is that why they still listen to... Um, John Mayer? Yes. Well, that, that applies. <laughs> um, um, and there was another band that I haven't liked anything since their earlier stuff. Rara Riot? Yeah, that's it. Oh, man. I still like them, but yeah. I the, don't like the newer in, stuff. Into Your Light out. was not good, and then... You, one of your first Facebook posts, to me, was posting a Rara Riot YouTube music video, and you said... No, that doesn't sound like me. Yeah, and you said you said something to the effect of, watch the girls on the strings... Oh, and yeah. then you said, and he goes, try not to get lost in Wes's eyes. Yeah. It, yes. It's, it's really hard. <laughs> he just. Oh. I saw a lot of shows with them in Austin because I, you know, I was friends have, with them. I probably have. <laughs> and so we would go to yeah. these. Yeah. Oh, friends with Carol and Scott, yeah, not yeah. friends with Rara, right? I, I was like, what? Right. When did this happen? That'd I be kind of cool. This, this, this is all new to me. Yeah. Ah, oh, so uh, so beer. This is really good. It is. This is a good. It's keyboard. amazing. So I have some. Did you knows about the Manhattan Project? Oh, oh, uh, not the beer, but about the actual Manhattan oh, Project. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's a TV show that I I really haven't watched yet, but I'd like to. But it's super drama, and I want more atomic. Yeah, more actual like yeah. next stuff. Well, so that reminds anyway, me of a top, topic. Don't let us forget to talk about um, the power plant. That okay. Exploded. What was that? Um, oh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Let's yeah, talk about I that. forgot about yeah. that. So did you, so the one dropped on Nagasaki. I can count on one hand the six times that I've been to <laughs> Chernobyl. Anyway, no. So no, yeah. No. I started laughing as you started that joke because I knew where you were going. With it. So the the one dropped the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki, mm-hmm. named Fat Man, was right. a plutonium based. Plutonium yeah, based. Plutonium. Um, and then and the one boy. dropped on uh, Hiroshima, right? It's a little boy. It was little boy, and it was uranium, uranium based. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the aftermath of the bombings, scientists at the University of Chicago created an allegorical doomsday clock symbolizing yeah. the danger man-made threats of man-made. Yeah, the danger, Dr. Manhattan yeah. made it, right? Oh no, that's a that's oh, different. Okay. But yeah, no, they and then they they move it forward every time. Like they currently have it, right? Oh, so I don't know the doomsday clock uh, of like effects that are from or after effects from there. No, just like in general. Oh, uh, do they? Okay, maybe maybe it's just like allegorical now. Like right, people just refer to the doomsday clock. Yeah, maybe so. But I thought there was like something somewhere where people like actually like like nope, here two minutes to midnight. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. No, yeah, because it's eleven fifty eight. Yeah. PM. Um, upon hearing of the devastation of Hiroshima, Einstein stated, woe is me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it was some of his work that led to the creation of the atomic bomb. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Manhattan Project led to increased research in ionizing radiation and eventually cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Which is the plus. Yeah, if you believe that that's actually fixing cancer. So. Or it created it. Boom. Zeitgeist. <laughs> Leslie Richard Groves. Yeah. So those are those were it. That's all I had. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Britannica. <laughs> Britannica? They still <laughs> Oh man. I remember when we were growing up, we had a world book encyclopedia from nineteen eighty two. No, oh, I wow. think it was like eighty four. 
Remember when Joey got um, an encyclopedia <laughs> for just the V? Just the one. We don't have to just talk about Vietnam. We can talk about anything. Vivisection, voluptuous. I know, he just came up with all these words. <laughs> and then uh, um, someone was like, did you see that documentary on the Korean War? And he's all like, oh. Can and there be any more Kims? <laughs> <laughs> That joke wouldn't be okay now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still, yeah. Yeah, it's still. Probably shouldn't have been at the time. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, this is a good beer. It's a great beer. I love it. It's got the Gosa. I'm always afraid of these beers that have some type of like, hey, this is a chocolate cake beer. Yeah, like a a gimmicky sort of thing. Yeah, so that's when I saw that, I was assuming this is where it's going, but Mm -hmm. there is... This is, I was I was afraid of that as well. This is definitely taking like, hey, here's the key lime pie taste. Here's a Gosa. The, the, yeah, and, and here's the thing nice is, it's well made beer. Yeah, it, you still have the beer in it. Which the thing is, people people do it and then they forget about the beer, and yeah. so you just have this uh, like chocolate cake sort of thing. Yeah. Just like, what am I drinking? Well, two beers. So both of these beers are ones for me. Oh yeah, and I don't feel overly full from these beers. Uh, which is it's one of my good. favorite. Yeah, you really know? light. And we're about to have a porter, so that mm-hmm. may change just because of mm-hmm. the nature of a porter. Right. But usually strong ales can make me feel kind of like, I yeah, don't want I, I was. Beer. I thought it would be more filling than it really was. And this one is like any Gosa, any good Gosa, it's pretty light, refreshing. Gatorade of beers. Yeah. Mm. My electrolytes are replenished. Yeah. I ready play to play some basketball right now. <laughs> Play some horse. Yeah. Um, but but this one is really good because it's simple and you get the beer, you get the saltiness from the gosa, and then you really that key lime really comes through. I I really wonder how much they experimented with this until they got it right. It's cool because the key lime is at the beginning uh-huh. of your taste mm-hmm. and then it finishes with that gosa, gosa. salty, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. refreshing finish. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about Gosa's, but we really talked a whole lot about it on our Gosa episode. Yeah. You weren't there for that. Though. Yeah, I missed that. I mean, it's just a... How long have, been, have Gosa's been around? Are they? Is it a... Is long it a, time before yeah. Germany was Germany. If I remember correctly, the Bavarian purity law was in effect in, I think, 1565? 1500s sometime. And then the Gosa existed before that. So they weren't subject... When, when they were enveloped into Bavaria, they weren't subject to the Bavarian purity law because without it, they wouldn't be able to add salt, which the thing is, they probably didn't add salt. It was just the local water source was salty because uh, it was downriver from a mine. Okay. So when they were mining, all those minerals came out into the water oh. and then they used that water to make their beer and their beer was just naturally salty. That makes sense. Which, yeah, which... Nobody is really sure today if that was the case or if they added salt, but it doesn't make sense why you would add salt. Yeah. It was I, just in just, the water. Yeah. And so... That's crazy to think. I, but And then over the years, I mean, there was less and less mining until now today there's none. So right. And now if you use that local water source, it's not salty. Right. Not, no, makes sense. Not minerally like it would have so been. So you have to kind of recreate that kind of yeah. uh, whatever... Yeah, I guess there's not a lot of drinks out there, just mm-hmm. in general, that have a salt characteristic to them, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, there's martinis. Well, not martinis, uh, margaritas. Okay, yeah. Well, I guess like, <laughs> but I mean, they're not in 
the drink. You it's know not, I mean? yeah, it's, it's not, not salty, but it's you, on the rim. You use salt as a complimentary. I mean, I mean, you get the olive. Well, if it's dirty, you get olive juice and all that. And That's how I like my um, my bologna. Dirty, dirty. I just stole a joke from yeah. Jim Gaffigan. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's a Jim Gaffigan joke. Two bologna sandwiches. Make one of them dirty. <laughs> yeah. You ready for that final beer? Yeah. Let's do it. So I've been super impressed by all that Manhattan Project beer has been so far. Absolutely. So hopefully the Plutonium 239 keeps up the streak here. It probably won't for me. Oh, man. I like the art on this because it's actually a Plutonium Atom. There it looks like. Is that the so there's there's a neutron I guess, out there? Yeah, is that the two hundred and thirty nine neut- neutrons? Yes. I'm gonna count them. <laughs> the nucleus. No, the neutrons on the outside. That's that's electrons. What, that's what I meant. No wait. Electrons. Yeah, the you're right, the electrons. N- neutrons have no charge. Yeah, they have so no charge. Just, yeah. They're just I'm sorry. floating around. My bad. Yeah, the electron. Uh, I don't know if it is two hundred and thirty nine. But it's got it's It's definitely not two thirty nine. <laughs> Because I just, I did a quarter of them, and it's not... No, a, it's, not even close? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not 60. What is this atom? <laughs> okay. Let's let's take a drink first, and then we can figure it out, yeah. maybe. Mm. Roasty. Yeah. Pours dark and uh, a bit sludgy. Not in a bad way, though, but... It's hard to get some head out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pour it a bit. A little bit hard. I go with that's a decent head. Yeah, you did. I just want to put out there that I know that he claims to be, but I'm a better pourer than Cutter Moore. <laughs> Cutter Moore pourer. That is roasty. It's not bad. I don't get any coconut. Yeah, I, maybe I saw some key lime pie. I'm going to throw another one there. So when I smell it, it's definitely just, I'm getting kind of like a chocolatey, roasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'm picking up any coconut. I don't think I did any either. It definitely has a nice roasty finish. Can you tell me that what I should be looking for in the difference between a porter and a stout? Not much. Really? Okay. Porter. I always thought porter had difference. more, had less sweetness and more, or more hot board. Is nah. that, no. Okay. It depends on the style, really. Okay. But porters in general are considered lighter than stouts, but uh, it's pretty much the same thing. And you can have, you can have like a darker or heavier porter that basically is a stout, mm-hmm. and just, you just call it a porter. You called it a porter. Yeah, Are they made differently or? No. Nope. No, hmm. it's the same, pretty much. Interesting. Back when they first were around, there was sort of a difference because a porter was a mixture of old and fresh beer. Right. And it was sold really cheaply to people who worked as porters. So, and that's how it got its name. Oh. And then your stout, it was just a really heavy, which uh, just a regular like dark, heavy beer. Yeah. Yeah. I was also, I think I thought maybe maybe a stout had more like lactose no, base no, to it. No, a milk stout has, has lactose. Oh, that's what, yeah. So not, not necessarily all stouts have a lactose factor mm. to them. Okay. This tastes good. Yeah. I'm definitely getting some like cocoa or, or chocolatey, mm-hmm. like, a, like a dry chocolate. Yeah. I um, can see that. Yeah. So the can. So there's 60 electrons here. Yeah. So the can has a scale on it too, but it's a richness. Scale. Right. It's richest still. It looks like about sixty nine percent. Nice. <laughs> so uh neodymium has sixty electrons. 
So that's what this is. I guess neodymium. They sh- they should have called it neo, but neo, the one. Yeah. Um, pairs this or is it neodymium? Probably know. that. But they use that a lot of cheaper speakers because it's lighter than uh, nickel. I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, you can magnetize it. I guess it's magnetic, nice. like nickel, mm. but cheaper. So you can create a stronger magnet with less metal. So it's it's lighter. But then you don't get the sound of, like, the old uh, speakers and stuff like that. Right, right. But, you know, I don't know if that... Who knows if that matters. Yeah. Some people swear by it, but, you know. Yeah. Mm. So the the can text um, Mm -hmm. says it pairs well with nuts, chocolate, and steak. Yeah. I would pair those three things together. Yeah. Chocolate and nut steak. (laughs) Or nutty chocolate steak. Well, it is your birthday. (laughs) Chocolatey nut steak. Mm, that's weird. <laughs> if you like coconut and chocolate, this beer is for you. It's lighter on the palate than you might think, which means it is okay if the weather is warm and the food is rich. As the beer breathes, the freshly toasted coconut begins to shine. And then it says poochie for some reason. No, that was the other beer. <laughs> is that how you pronounce that word, poochie? <laughs> It's not a word. <laughs> Pucky? I don't know. Pooky. No. Pucky. So yeah, as it as it warms up, it should release more flavors. Maybe if it's warm, you get more coconut, or you get coconut. Because as it is now, I'm not getting really any coconut. There's a little bit of coconut in there. Maybe. I, like a tiny bit. Yeah. A very tiny bit. Maybe it's toasted coconut, because I've heard that with toasted coconut, it, it's it's subtle. I don't know. Or maybe they just wanted to keep the coconut subtle. But if you want a subtle coconut, don't call it a coconut porter. Because when I think of coconut porter, I think eh, there's going to be some... Po- there's coconut there's in there. Coconut. I can taste it. Okay. I can, I'm starting to taste the coconut. It's on the aftertaste, mm-hmm. but it's not... It's like, like if you were eating a coconut with it, mm-hmm. then maybe it would be... Like a mounds be, bar? Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Almond joy. Ugh. You're basically saying all the things... <laughs> Uh, that I despise in this world. John Mayer. Honestly. No, Jack like Johnson. I'm not a fan of Jack Johnson anymore. Jason Mraz. I do still like Jason Mraz. Okay. Taylor Guitars. Oh, I hate Taylor Guitars. Manufactured sound. They play they well. They do. They play easy. Yeah. Speaking of playing guitar. Oh. Are we? Speak? Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess we are. I don't know how quickly this podcast is going to be up. Probably not in the next <laughs> week. But I am playing in a show soon. Yeah. Yeah. Van Dyke Brown. Van Dyke Brown. Yeah. If you're wondering where that name came from, just watch Bob Ross. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, search them out. Yeah. We're on Spotify. Hey, oh, what? Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. We're on Spotify. Well, but you aren't. It's... I'm not on Spotify. Yeah. The Van Dyke Brown is on Spotify. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing about, about that. I was at work the, a few weeks ago. I was going over a project with a coworker, mm-hmm. and I got a conference room. Well, um, we got done with the project and we were just hanging out in the conference room and we were talking about like weekend plans or something like that. And, and I was like, I said something about practicing for my band. Yeah. Um, and she was like, Oh, what kind of music is it? And I told her and, and then she asked what the band's name was and I did. And she was like, Acid country. She goes, wait, hold on. And she got on Spotify and she followed (laughs) Van Dyke Brown. Which was crazy because yeah. it's a, you know, it's 
it's a small band, a small yeah. local band, and someone who had no idea about me being in that band that was connected to me in some way mm-hmm. was already following them, which was kind of a cool thing. Oh, she was already following. She was oh. already following the band on Spotify and knew a couple of the songs. Oh, cool. Which was kind of crazy. It, hmm. it threw Van Dyke Brown for a loop. <laughs> he was like, ah, Van Dyke Green. Van Dyke Green? <laughs> <laughs> he forgot what color it was. colors. <laughs> All right. Oh. Did you ever watch Bob Ross? Yeah. Oh, I never I, I, did. Is it worth it, watching? It's really uh, see the yeah yeah and no I don't know it's you start watching it and you just get sucked into it and mm. it's like you're you're watching it and you're like he he's putting on the yellow ochre and he's he's trying to paint mountain and he's like and you're thinking it's like where the fuck is he going with that doesn't look like a fucking mountain and then by the end it's like. Damn it, Bob Ross! You got me again. That's a <laughs> that is definitely a fucking mountain. I see it. That's. Does it's he say like, "Happy Little Tree"? Sometimes, yeah. It's just like calming and soothing to watch him mm. paint it, and he he's just talking while he's doing in a calming tone. And the thing is, I don't know who doesn't know this yet, but he was a drill sergeant in the Air he Force. Was. Yeah. yeah, I did. And see that. yeah, and he said he didn't want to have a job where he screamed at people every day, so. He That's just started cool. painting. And and his haircut, he had that for a little while, but he hated it. But he couldn't get it cut because they had Bob Ross paints and right. and books and everything like that. Sketch pads and everything. So he couldn't ever change it he, because, because it was part his of his... face was... Yeah, it was the logo. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he couldn't cut his hair. If like, only he had like a more... Uh, not such a, a time... Oh, stamped haircut. Yeah, you know? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Something that something that stood the test of time. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, just like a regular haircut, yeah. not a perm. Just, I don't know, but yeah. Would you have had a perm in that time if you were yeah, alive in that time? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird to think of like the haircuts you you could have gotten. <laughs> there was a time when I was in school where a haircut was to shape all your hair except for your bangs. Oh, you remember that time? Yes. Awful. I don't. I don't know why you did that. Well, it's what everyone else was doing. They were long bangs too. Like it was like all the way to the back of my head. Yeah, you had, but you had that like haircut for like five minutes, right? Or, um, yeah, because I got trouble for it, so then I had to shave the bangs off. So, and then I did like the typical skater Boy, haircut. What are you doing, boy? Uh, where it was like uh, really long hair, but then it was shaved on the sides and the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it just fell over. In my high school, you weren't allowed to have hair that went past your ears. So, so it was basically the military. We weren't allowed to have facial hair in high school either. Well, yeah, we weren't either. Really? Which is, no, because that's stupid. Why would a child need facial hair? Well, you have to shave that. Shave that shit. Why? It's high school. Because you're a child. You're a man. No, you're not. You're a child. Some are men. No, they're still children. I, I wasn't a man until... Stupid children. 18, probably. No. You know, one of the, the weirdest things was, um, so the popular Aliens. kid in my school oh. was named Chance. Weird enough. <laughs> he was the... Is this uh, about you? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was not about me. He His name was Chance Klimstein. Uh-huh. His, uh, he That's spelled, your name. No, wait. He spelled Chance C-H-A-N-T-Z. Oh. I never told you about this guy? No. And he was like the typical popular kid. He was the quarterback for the football team uh-huh. not very good uh, quarterback he was bigger than most of us uh-huh. just like well chance Barunda was 
quarterback for San Antonio Desperados, right? <laughs> no, the wide receiver. Oh, wide receiver. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, anyway, so he he was the popular kid. He uh, and then of, of course he dated the cheerleader. Yeah, like the top cheerleader or whatever, like the cheerleading top of the pyramid. captain or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But I remember he had like a five o'clock shadow. And yeah, he just. Yeah. It was like unfair. Like I didn't even hit puberty while in high school <laughs> and he was uh you know, like having like facial hair and we would have like this summer orientation right before school yeah. and he would show up with like a beard. Yeah. And I was so jealous of that. <laughs> um so anyway, um I just remember a teacher being like just like acknowledging that he was an attractive oh, person. And I was like, Oh yeah, um, and now now these days we've seen how far that stuff goes. Yeah, so. which I don't. That those people have problems. Yeah, I mean, and it's always like a when it's a female teacher, she's always like a kind of a she's really hot. attractive a teacher. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Doesn't make any sense. You can get any man. That's yeah, and you legal age sixteen year old. This kid's he an idiot. Doesn't love he, you, and he's going to tell everybody. Yes, and he's going to forget about you when he goes to college. Yeah, God. Once he realizes he can get someone younger. Exactly what happened in Dawson's Creek, man. Did that happen on Dawson's Pacey Creek? Pacey Witter, man. Oh man. Ugh. I never saw Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Me neither. It was on. Yeah, I just never watched it. Yeah, I never wanted to watch it. I am. It. I automatically like lumped it in with nine hundred two one zero and Melrose Place as uh, like a yeah, just a I girl show. I guess it was show. like that, but for kids or teenagers. Yeah. I don't want to wait. It was a good sorry. harmony. Maybe. Yeah, sorry everybody. I think that's gonna sound really good. <laughs> just auto tune it or something. No, don't even auto tune it. Let's leave it up here. I don't want your, your auto-tune. Oh, okay. oh, man. Yeah, we didn't do the wrong thing at the yeah, same time like didn't. last time. So let, let's do, let's do <laughs> the song again, but you go, you go lower and I'll go higher. Okay. okay. I don't want to wait for us to be over. I think that's going to sound good. Yeah? Okay. We'll see. You, you, you tell me once you, you do it. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Listeners, tell us which one you prefer. <laughs> Call in. <laughs> the switchboard is lighting up. Oh, yes. Two calls. <laughs> That's our best ever. Hello? No, Janice doesn't live here. Hello? Yes, I am interested in long distance savings. Very interested. My wife is trying the, the porter. Coconut porter. Are you getting any coconut yet? Not really. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it if it says coconut porter, I expect more coconut. I agree with you. To me, this is just a porter. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's bad in any way, though. But, uh, yeah, either put some plutonium in there or some coconut. And and don't put a neodymium, a neodymium uh, atom, on, the atom on there. This is not a plutonium atom. <laughs> I understand that 239 electrons <laughs> would be, be difficult, a, yeah. but make it smaller. Yeah. Uh, the key lime. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, our favorite, which Michelle just asked. That's my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, I would say, yeah, key lime is mine as well. I liked the Belgian it strong. Re- it was good. But it was nothing that made it stand out amongst other Belgian it's, strongs. It's not as amazing. This bikini atoll key lime was, yeah, amazing. 
How dare you say bikini atoll? How dare you? Don't get offended. Too late. <laughs> but yeah, this that one was super surprising. It, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This one's not bad though. This it's just like a standard porter. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything remarkable. I about like the it. toastiness of it. Like it, it's got this good is roast. And I could drink yeah, this in the morning. Toasty bread, sort of eggs. flavor. Yeah, breakfast beer. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of coffee. A little bit, maybe a little bit of bitterness in there. Little dark chocolate, maybe. But uh, I would say there's more coffee characteristics to this than mm-hmm. coconut. Yeah, yeah. I get a little coffee out of it. Kind of like the aftertaste, like the finish. Yeah. Like a coffee finish. Yeah, bitterness. Like a dry bitterness. Yeah. Um, with a, like a... Yeah, that's the thing about this one, too. Chalky, is it's it's uh, yeah. pretty dry, so it doesn't right. hang around long. It's not like something that's like super sugary or syrupy or anything. That's going to... Which like is what I get, I get from stout sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like it's too sweet. It's just too, too much. Yeah. It's good for one... Right. But I can't drink more than that. Like maybe I'll finish on that mm-hmm. and then be done. That's my dessert. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and also on the coconut, I, I keep thinking about like the coconut flavor that I'm getting. I don't know if I'm just trying to make it be there. Yeah. Or it's actually subtly there, but I think I'm going to go, I'm going to revert it's there, back it's really to state. Subtle. It's going to be either very subtle or I just, in my head, I know that's what I'm looking for. So I'm yeah. applying some type of... Mm-hmm. You're expecting to taste coconut, and so you're going to try to taste coconut. I can see that. Yeah. So you finished your beer. So is it a one? It's a one. I feel spoiled by the key lime pie. I would even say that had we just had this and the strong ale, Mm -hmm. that I would have been like, I feel spoiled by the strong ale. I think Uh the strong ale was... I'm going to go back and say that it didn't stand out amongst other strong ales. No. It's one of the better strong ales I've had. I, yeah. Um, I could say that. I could say that. Um, I think that, that this Gosa was so good. This Key oh, Lime Pie Gosa it's, is just really good. And the thing is, it's seasonal, so we got to buy as yeah. much as we can before yeah. it goes we have away. have four more sitting in the fridge, <laughs> so we'll drink those tonight while throwing axes. Yeah. Um, the porter, though, is good. I'm really um, excited about maybe going to visit this brewery mm-hmm. or trying more beers from this brewery because I, I think I've had three-plus beers from them. They're all ones. Mm-hmm. They're all good beers. I think that when you name your beer something, it should taste like that. And basically, I think that this porter, based on its name, misses the mark on uh-huh. a, as a coconut porter. Mm-hmm. But I think as a porter, I yeah. think it's good. No. Um, and I think that... These three beers show that this is a good brewery. Mm-hmm. They make quality beers. Yeah. And if I see them on the shelf and I'm considering beers, that's definitely a beer I'd consider. Yeah. Even their, oh, even their IPAs. I've had their. Oh, you have? It was Coconutty, Tropical, something Alliance. Let me see. And it was from Manhattan Project? I honestly saw their beers and saw like the fancy can work, you know, like the matte black finish and all the fanciness to it. And I was like, that beer is probably not good. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? If you over design cans or something, a lot of times it's like you're trying to overcompensate for mm -hmm. your lack of beer acumen. This is like your big truck. Right. Yeah. I don't have a big truck. (laughs) I got an, I have uh, uh, dumps in my trunk. (laughs) What? What? <laughs> uh, but it, it was Atomic Alliance, which was Pina Colada IPA. Oh. It was pretty good. We had it at Tafton Do Caps. you like Dancing in the Rain? 
Sometimes, yeah. But yeah, I think this is an A-plus brewery, and I look forward to trying more beer from them, for sure. Mm-hmm. All the beers are ones for me. Also, I don't think it's dancing. Is it? If you like pina coladas. And getting lost in and dancing, no. Getting lost in the rain. Yeah. Getting caught in the rain. Why did I say dancing in the rain? Because you were thinking about dancing on the ceiling. That's a good song. Is it? I don't know. Lionel Richie. We can do it all. Why did you long. say it that way? <laughs> Lionel. That's how, that's how we say it. Right? Oh, okay. Like nihilators. Oh. Uh, now no. and laters. Oh, I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> that's right. Why does everybody always say that? <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, it's uh. So did you 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 said it was a one? All of them are ones. Yeah. Um, the brewery is a one, and yeah. I look forward to trying more beer from them. Yeah. And visiting once they're open. Yeah, I I, I feel exactly the same. Plutonium two thirty nine is a good beer. Not my favorite of the night. Obviously, that would be the key lime pine gosa. Really amazing. That was shockingly good. Bring so it back. Good. Bring it back, Manhattan. <laughs> MPC. Or MPB. This is something you need to make year-round. Because I could always drink this. Even if you just make it during the summer, that would be okay. But I prefer year-round. <laughs> year-round, yeah. I would be interested to try their their raspberry just to see how, mm. how good that one is. And a raspberry is going to be less... Well, but it's, it's similar not to gonna lime. Have, it's, it's not going to have like that, that cinnamon and right, vanilla and right, stuff. Right. So, which was really surprising in this because it tastes like whole pie. Yeah. As well as a Gosa. But yeah. So, but yeah, that's my feelings. If you want a good porter light stout, try the Plutonium 239. Yeah. You want good golden ale? Go with the Wise Monkeys. And if you want just a really good beer or a really good Gosa, Bikini Atoll, Key Lime Pie Gosa. Absolutely. And if it, this is any indication of their regular Gosa, that's really probably one to try. Yeah. And if I see it around probably try it oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah so uh one's all around for shout mm-hmm. so thanks everybody for joining us find our other podcasts where you found this our fort worth ones are pretty good and the other ones are are good too but uh i can't think of anything else i think that's it check out van dyke brown if you go like, fuck, me, if you like some weird music yeah. or go fuck yourself <laughs> You or not. I don't know. If you like not music everybody. but like fucking yourself, do both. I don't yeah. care. Hmm. That's, Some people can do that. It's impossible. Yeah. If that's what you want to... Hey, if that's what you want to do, if, go do it. If you're happy, then be happy, bro. There you go. Yeah. Positivity. Bruh or gruh? Bruh or gruh. That's what... Is that a thing? I don't know what that means. Bruh or gruh. That's what it is now. That's what we're doing here. All right, gruh. All right, so uh, all you bros and grows out there, thanks for listening. This has been Ross. This has been Chance. And this has been the podcast. This, this is, is the podcast. Thanks for sticking around. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, BigHeadsMedia.com, or anywhere there are podcasts. If you like what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. Check out our Patreon. Find it at patreon.com slash threebeersinpodcast. Check out all of our awards. You can give as little as a dollar a month to help us keep doing what we're doing. It really helps out and we'll give you a thank you on the show. Or for a little more, you can remain anonymous. Like us on Facebook. 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Three Beers In Podcast. Check out our website, threebeersinpodcast.com. You can find information about us in the show along with the links to all of our episodes and our really cool merchandise. While you're on our site, you can tell us what you like, what you don't like. If you don't like us, then why the hell are you still here? You should have turned us off long ago. But if you're just going to listen to us anyway, you should probably subscribe too. And if you'd like a transcript of our podcast, write down everything that we just said. Teach yeah. me, Jay. Teach me your ways. Take me into your beard. I'm Rich Ferraro. I host the Forest Ramble, the intelligent Nottingham Forest podcast. Every month I'm joined by Stephen Topless. Hello. And the Maradon the Midlands. Hello. To review and discuss what's been happening at the city ground. We provide match reports, sharing our thoughts on what we have seen. And our contributors, Baz. Hello. And Jeremy. Hello. Chip in with analysis and nostalgia. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, search for Forest Ramble on social media, or visit www.forestramble.com.